Turn with me to read together, please, on the text of consideration this morning. Judges chapter 13, verse 15 through 21 only. We read again. Judges 13 and 15. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee. Hmm. Until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. If thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he, an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name that when thy saying come pass, we may do thee honor? And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. And Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. And Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. And then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. Stand with me again, please, and sing with me number 87. Rise and bless the Lord, ye people of his choice. Oh, for the living way, 
from his own altar brought to touch our lips, our souls in spark, and wing to heaven our thoughts, and wing to heaven our thoughts. God is our strength and song, and his salvation arch. Then be his love in Christ proclaimed with all our ransomed powers, with all our ransomed powers. Arise and bless the Lord, the Lord your God adore. Arise and bless his glorious name, his for forevermore, his for forevermore. Thank you, be seated. Manoah arose. The title of the message that I had begun on last week. I said to you that it is my thought that all that we may learn from Manoah may be characterized under this simple title, these two descriptive words, Manoah arose. Having received, as I said from his wife, the glorious news of an angelic appearance, indeed a divine appearance as it turns out, signaling God's designs for deliverance of Israel, and having heard her testimony concerning these matters, and having in his heart every confidence in the value of her spiritual perception, Manoah arose. I gave you on last week, number one, he arose to prayer. That is the very first thing. Verse eight, and Manoah entreated the Lord when he received this message, he arose to prayer. Can you not identify with me in my own testimony that more often than not, my first and immediate reaction to any startling news is not prayer? Could be any number of other things, usually is. Alas, but for Manoah, his first arising was to prayer. He entertained no thought of making any plans first. He did not have any reflex of jubilation and self-exaltation at this news. He thought of only one thing. Seek God. And find it. Prayer 
I said to you last week in the words of James Montgomery in the 1850s prayer, it's the Christian's vital breath, the Christian's native air. His watchword at the gate of death, he enters heaven with prayer. Somebody said prayer is work. It leads to work. And it works. Often it doesn't work. And it doesn't lead to work. Because it wasn't work. The fear and sorrow of my heart. Is that I find the study of prayer more interesting and less troublesome than the exercise of it. Andrew Murray said, Intercession is not the breathing out of pious wishes. Its aim is in believing, persevering, persevering prayer to receive and bring down the blessing from God. Andrew Murray said. Samuel Chadwick said, It would seem as if the biggest thing in God's universe is a man who prays. There's only one thing more amazing, and that is that a man knowing this should not pray. Manoah rose to prayer. Secondly, I said to you, Manoah arose seeking light. Verse 8, he said, O oh my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us, teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. He arose seeking light. He did not turn to men, as we read earlier in the service. He did not turn to men. He did not turn to counselors. He did not turn to doctors. He did not even turn to the priests of their religion, sanctuary hirelings as they were. He turned to the Lord to seek the Lord and find the answers to his questions in his word. And we saw last week in verse 9 that our God always answers the cry for light. Verse 9, and God hearkened unto the voice of Manoah. God always answers the cry for light. None will ever seek him in vain. Even the smallest cry I showed you in Genesis 21 and verse 17, even the smallest cry in the wilderness, God will hear it. God will hear it. But then thirdly, I told you on last week that Manoah rose to the occasion of honoring his wife, trusting his wife. It was interesting to me that not a single commentator 
noted this or had any reflections on it written, it struck me almost immediately when I read this text that Manoah, when he received this word from his wife, verse 6, she comes and she tells him everything and then immediately he turns to prayer and seeks the Lord and seeks light and seeks instruction. And it seems as if they just both went back to their place. She went back to the field. And Manoah, back to whatever he was engaged in in his work. He is not overshadowing her. He is not crowding her. He's not tending her like a child. He trusts her. And if the angel of God were to come back and speak to her, he has every confidence that it will be well. Manoah rose to the occasion to honor his wife with his trust. But then this morning I take up again the message and I give you number four that Manoah arose in haste. Verse 10, And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared to me that came to me that this day, and Manoah, verse 11, arose and went with his wife and came to the man. They arose, they moved in haste, both of them. One commentator pointed out and said it in this way, Adershine made the statement that there was a breathless haste evident in both of their actions. They were in haste. Manoah arose in haste. No sloth, no delinquency, no delay, no laziness. He arose in haste. She arose in haste. And he hasted to follow after her. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6, that old ancient instruction, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise which having no guide or overseer or ruler, provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and on thy want as an armed man. Sluggard, waster of time. Proverbs, same book, chapter 26 and verse 15. The slothful hideth his hands in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. <laughs> Sloth and self-confidence seem to go hand in hand. Oh, I wanted to pause here on this particular point and bring a separate message which could easily be done and I would title the message, What Are You Waiting For? 
What are you waiting for? In the work of the Lord. Manoah arose in haste. Time will not permit me to preach such a message today. Or probably any day. But allow me instead to give you only a little of God's word on this subject. Proverbs chapter 12 at verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Chapter 18. There's an interesting comparison here. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 9. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that's a great waster. Isn't it interesting? It seems in the scripture that these two things go together. One who's slothful in their work and not diligent in their work seem to be the same folks that are always so very wasteful. Not just of time, but of other things. God said he that's slothful in his work is a brother to him that's a waster. Hmm. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 16 Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child and thy princes eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. But much slothfulness, the building decayeth. And through idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. <laughs> the house droppeth through because of idleness. Idleness, slothfulness, procrastination. Never do today what you could put off till tomorrow is the theme of procrastination. Procrastination is the enemy of success and the enemy of victory. Let us rise up. Let us rise with Manoah and exert ourselves in haste. Haste on in the work of the Lord. Manoah arose. He arose in haste. But I give you number five. Manoah rose in his duties as a godly father. Verse 8, Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O oh my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us to teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. Verse 12, Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? And how shall we do unto it? Manoah arose quickly to fulfill the duties 
of a godly father by knowing how it is that he's to raise this child aright. He arose to that challenge. He arose to that duty to know what to do to raise the child aright. Oh, Manoah desires here to know, and that urgently, to know how to rear this child aright. And it is to the angel of the Lord that he turns for that knowledge. Jameson Fawcett and Brown wisely said, Manoah's intense desire for the repetition of the angel's visit was prompted not by doubts or anxieties, but was the fruit of a lively faith and of a great interest to follow out the instructions for this child with painstaking scrutiny. Surely this was Manoah's motive. Surely Brown was right in this. He seeks the Lord not out of fear or doubt or unbelief. He seeks to know what the Lord wants him to do to raise this child right. One commentator said, Manoah and his wife show their humility, their faith, and their devotion by praying for guidance. Said this commentator, this is necessary for many reasons. The plea, the urgent plea for God to come back and tell us, explain, instruct, and teach us how to rear this child right. The reason that's so important are as follows. Number one, the issues of the work are supremely important. Supremely important. Number two, error may lead to fearful disaster. Oh, how many of us have learned? How many of us have learned it? Not academically, but experientially. Error in this thing. Error in this matter, says Noah, may lead to fearful disaster, and he's seeking to avoid that disaster. Says this commentator, the execution of the work is exceedingly difficult. Exceedingly difficult. Further, he says the ideal to be aimed at is great and high. And thus the urgency. As well as that, he says, there's a mystery in the character of every soul. A mystery in the will of God as to its destiny. A mystery in the innumerable subtle influences that play upon it. It's a great mystery. And I fear as young parents, I know I can testify only myself, but I fear in young parents in general, there's this, this lack of seeing how innumerable are the very subtle influences on a child's life. 
commentator says, he who realizes these things will seek light as to the end of the training of the children and the method for pursuing it. They will seek light urgently. Manoah arose to his duties as a godly father. Oh, the value, the value of this counsel from this commentator. The issues of the work are extremely difficult. The, le- the issues of the work are extremely important. The execution of the work is exceedingly difficult. The ideal to be aimed at is exceeding high and great. There's a great mystery in the character of every soul and we don't even know what subtle influences have their effect on it. And above it all, error may lead to fearful disaster. What value is in this council for us? Oh, may God give us holy Manoahs or all is lost. We look around us today and watch the news and listen to the culture the voices around us and we realize where we are. We've ceased to be in a time when a large number of men follow after Noah, seek to train their children. Proverbs 22 verse 6, train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you know as well as I do the word train there. Train up a child is the Hebrew word chonach, means discipline. Discipline the child in the way he should go. This again is a point on which I could dwell for several sermons. But I leave it to you fathers in your homes to search the scriptures and with Manoah to arise. Arise to your duty to know what the Lord would have done with the children. Now finally, I give you yet another one more lesson, one more occasion which our text would bring before our attention. And this is surely of the greatest urgency of them all. Manoah arose to his duty to lead his family. In his duties, both social and spiritual. Manoah arose in his duty, responsibility to lead his family in all of his duties, social and spiritual. Oh yes, he floundered later a little bit, did he not? I'm glad the text, the Spirit of God gave us this record. We see him flounder. I preached on it not long ago. He floundered when I said to you that his wife, Mrs. Manoah, had logic exceeded him in her logic. He failed. He floundered. He's just a man. But oh, he did not fail. He did not flounder in this to rise to the responsibilities of his duties first socially and then spiritually. Socially, he hastens to set about himself with his wife to act respectfully in their 
social manners. Look at verse 15. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. It was their social responsibility in that time. A stranger comes into your midst, you're to, you're to feed them. You're to offer them food, sustenance. Give them of whatever you have. Give them of it. Manoah knew this, and he did not falter or fail in exercising his responsibility to lead his wife and his family in the social duties. He speaks and says, wait, stay, would you stay? Can I, can I bid you to stay? Would you stay by? Give me time, let me prepare a meal for you. Leading his wife in their social responsibilities. But oh, far more than that, he sets about to lead his wife in the true worship of God. Verse 19. So Manoah took a kid and a meat offering and offered it upon a rock under the Lord. Manoah would not fail to arise in his responsibility to lead his family in godly worship. This angel, as they thought him to be at that time, said, I'll not take of your food, but you can offer an offering to the Lord, if you will. And Manoah didn't, didn't pause. He didn't hesitate. He wasn't shy to take that up immediately and say, yes, I'll prepare the lamb. I'll prepare the kid. I'll prepare the things to lead my family in worship. Can I just say to you, it's a coward that won't lead his family in worship. Cowering husbands, delinquent in this duty, are a reproach to the gospel and the decency. Manoah rose to the duty to lead his family in social graces and above all else to lead his family in worship. Notice with me twice it is said Manoah and his wife looked on. <laughs> Whoa! It is by his manly leadership it is by his godly headship that they are both allowed to look on while God performed a miracle before their astonished eyes because he led his family to worship. I'm suggesting a lot of sermon titles for you this morning. I recommend another title. If I could pause here for a whole message, I'd entitle it and they both looked on. And they both looked on. 
Oh, I intend to have more to say about that later. But I leave it to your heart's contemplation. And they both looked on. And Manoah here in this text arises to the occasion to be the man, to be the head, to be the leader, to exercise his family in godly worship. Take them to the place where God can be worshipped. You know it's so when I say ours is a generation that has called God-fearing manliness toxic masculinity. Ours is a generation that has reduced a whole Society of biological males into a cesspool of cowardice and femininity. But God demands better. God calls for men to arise and lead their homes in every godly exercise and godly example. Can I just tell you that in First Chronicles 23 and verse 16, Moses is called the man of God. He's not called the genderless spokesman for deity. Can I just tell you that in 2 Chronicles chapter 8 and verse 14, David is called the man of God, not a neutral party of piety. Can I tell you that when a man... Amaziah came to the throne at 25 years of age. God sent a man of God to speak wisdom to that young ruler. 2 Kings chapter 4, when the miracle was performed, in 2 Kings chapter 4, when the miracle was performed, it was said to be performed by a man of God. On and on and on and on I could go, but you know your Bible as well as I know mine. I just want to leave you with this word this morning to give to our men. Arise and lead your in your duties to society and in worship. I would have our hearts fixed this morning to learn from Mr. Manoah. Oh, can I just admonish you one final time to arise. Manoah rose. Arise to prayer. Arise to seek instruction. Arise in haste. Arise to order your children and your home. Arise to your duties to others and to worship. Arise! Mr. Manoas, arise. May God help us all. Take your hymn book and stand with me, please. We sing together number 375.
thy spirit pour, O gracious Lord, on all assembled here. Let us receive the grafted word with meekness and with fear. By faith in thee the soul receives new life though dead before. And he who in thy name believes shall live and die no more. Preserve the power of faith alive in those who love thy name. For sin and Satan daily strive to quench the sacred flame. Thy grace and mercy first prevail from death to set us free and open sin our life had failed unless renewed by thee to thee we look to thee we bow to thee for help we call our life our resurrection thou our hope our joy our